Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bowman Chronicles podcast. We appreciate you being with us this evening. And we have a special guest tonight, a friend of mine and professional guide and mountain man, true mountain man, Mr. John Briody. Uh John, I appreciate you being on, man, and taking the time to come on and talk to us tonight. Uh, I know you're busy. I know what's going on this week. You're uh, you're training some pups and uh, and and running your dogs uh, for bear, getting ready for bear season, man. And I know it's exciting, but I know you got to get up early in the morning too. So uh, I really appreciate you coming on, man, and being with us. Oh, sure, sure thing, Mark. Wouldn't miss it for the world. And yeah, that three a.m. is going to come early, but. <laughs> so well man uh tell everybody a little bit about yourself um where you grew up and uh and how you uh i know you you love to hunt and fish and and you know just like i do we're both country boys and then grew up uh grew up country and uh tell everybody um uh, how you got into the professional guiding business uh you know you and i first met in southwest montana and uh we had a uh, awesome hunt together which we'll go into a little bit later in the podcast but uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself yeah so i grew up in north carolina um and i went to college at appalachian state graduated from appalachian state and uh, in the mountains in North Carolina, there's not just a tremendous amount of game. You're kind of a bear hunter or you're not much of a hunter of anything. Um, and so I kind of grew up in that world and graduated college, got a, uh, got a like real stuffy white collar job and worked <laughs> that job for a few years and just decided, man, this isn't for me. So I got with one of my buddies and we started a business, um, ran that business for, 10 years um and in 2019 i had the opportunity to sell my half of that business which i did um you know so i was sitting there at 34 work was getting in the way of my hunting hunting was getting in the way of my working i wasn't hunting as good as i wanted to be um i don't have a wife i don't have any kids and I thought, you know, man, why not? Like, I owe it to myself. I value freedom more than I value money. And I'm just going to go and hunt full time and figure out how to make that work. Um, so I did. that's what I did. Um, and I had some friends that were guides out west, and they kind of helped me get my feet on the ground, hooked me up with some outfitters out there, and bounced, uh, bounced out there and then just started on the circuit. Um and, you know, so basically I would kind of rotate. Um, I would guide elk and mule deer in Utah starting in August. Then in November, I would go to Montana and guide elk and mule deer in Montana. Then December, January, February, March, April, I'll go back to Utah and lion hunt, guide lion hunts with my dogs. Um, and then in the summer, I would bear hunt uh, in Idaho. So. I just kind of got on that circuit and the rest was history. That's where I met you and uh, just started bouncing around and working for different outfitters and taking people from all over the world on big game hunts. And, you know, when you and I met in 2020, John, uh, in Southwest Montana, uh, I was hunting with Upper Canyon Outfitters. Uh, 
and you were uh, you were guiding there. Uh, you weren't my guide on my elk hunt. Uh, I was an elk uh, on an elk hunt there, and uh, so the, it got a little warm uh, that week, and so you actually. And and I would have never had the opportunity to do this if it hadn't been for you and and your skills as a professional guide. Uh, but uh, so the weather turned warm, and you know where the elk go when the weather's warm out there. They go to the very tip tops of the mountain, man. And I I had uh, uh, man, I had been all over the mountains of Montana that week, and I was just wore out. And uh, so we had the opportunity come about to um, to hunt a buffalo. And so I graciously accepted that opportunity and we uh, make a long story short, the last second to last day of my hunt, uh, you and I embarked on this uh, Buffalo hunt and we were successful thanks to you. Um, And when I say successful, um, when you're hunting an animal that size and it hits the ground, that's when the work starts. And that's when you really got to have somebody with you that knows what the hell's going on and knows what to do. Number one, we were in grizzly country. So, you know, I mean, that's a, that is a, uh, you know, it's just a fact of, of being that part of Montana. There's a, a huge amount of uh, grizzly bear population there now. And uh, so very successful hunt on the Buffalo. And then when uh, we, you know, you got the Buffalo field dressed. Um, we, um, we loaded it up on your truck, man. One of the most memorable hunts I've ever had. We loaded that. I thought we, I thought we were never going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tell you, I, I was, you know, I'd never been in that situation before. And, and I, you know, I was so grateful to have that opportunity, but you know, that's a huge animal. We, um, we put the, you know, when when, it, when we got it field dressed and got it back to the ranch, um, you know, we loaded it onto your pickup truck on top of your dog beds, and we left for Yellowstone processing uh, to, yep. uh, uh, and and you know, folks, when I talk about a professional guide and a, and a, being a mountain man, which which John. Most definitely is. I mean, he knows what he's doing and, and he, uh, you know, he knows every situation and predicament that you can get in in the American West. But, um, you know, you have to have someone who really knows, number one, how to do that, uh, the, you know, field dressing with the animals uh, and getting them, you know, to where we needed to get the buffalo to to save my meat and all that. But, uh, you know, it's um, uh, uh, being a professional guide out there is, is never once dangerous. Um, I mean, you're hunting with people that you, you've never met before, right? Yep. And from all over the world, different experience levels. You know, you might, you, you've got some seasoned hunters, uh, and then you've got some people that just, they just decided they wanted to go hunt. They had no clue what what they were in for, and it's challenging terrain for anybody. You know, yeah. if you're if you're making those kind of walks every day, it's fine. You're in shape, but that's the only way to 
for it to not be challenging is to be doing it every day. And so that's something that everybody comes out there faces is like, holy cow, get my ass kicked. Yeah. Um, and just some people are more gritty than others, you know? Yeah. That, um, some, some people just want it worse. <laughs> and uh, I mean, uh, you know, the terrain out there is unforgiving. And you are, you know, you're hunting, just like you said, with, with you know, someone you don't know. Uh, I mean, you yeah. try to go through the steps of, um, you know, what your expectations are of the safety aspect of that hunt before you ever take that person out, right? But you've still never been with that person. You don't know how they are with a gun. You don't know. Uh, you don't know much about them. Uh, and that is a huge part of, uh, of that job. And I tell you, I, I commend you for what you did for those few years. And, uh, and I, I want to thank you again for that Buffalo hunt, uh, because you, you made that happen. And, uh, man, that, that was something special. I'm happy to be a part of it. And I'll tell you the thing that always blew my mind, the thing that blows my mind as a guy is you know there's a couple there's a couple different things going on here you know but number one no one wants to kill that animal worse than me i want to be successful every day i want to kill that animal every day and i don't care if it's a mule deer a lion a bear an elk a buffalo i i'm i want to kill that thing right now and it seemed like sometimes I wanted to kill it more than the man that paid twenty five, thirty thousand dollars to come out there and do it. Yeah. I thought, you know, gosh, we gotta get the <laughs> you know, you gotta if you wanna be successful, you gotta have a little drive, you know? Yes. Um and another thing I talked to all these guys about and I don't know if it's my soapbox or not, but there's this fly fishing guide that's famous and his name's Flip Pallet. And he wrote this article called the, the Last Hundred Feet. And the crux of the article is, you know, your credit card can buy you the best G. Loomis rods and reels and the best Sims waders and whatever else. And it can pay the outfitter fee and it can buy your flight out there. But if you don't work hard at being proficient in the last hundred feet, you will not be successful. And that's what separates good hunters successful hunters from unsuccessful hunters is those people have identified that my credit card can't get me this. The only thing that can get me this is hard work. And that's what I'm going to do. Uh, and that's the difference between people that kill game and talk about killing game. I agree hundred percent, man. And I, I will tell you, uh, you know, that hunt was uh, I mean it was so cool. The whole week was great out there, and I I mean oh my gosh I I just uh, I, uh, you know when you experience that terrain you know how it is. I mean you you were in it every day, and I know how hard it is to get around to keep try to keep up, and you have to be focused and you have to listen. You know a lot of people won't listen. Uh, I I try to uh, you know when. When I'm in the West, you, you got to listen to your guide, uh, know what he's telling you and, and believe in him. And, uh, and, you know, I did with you and we were very successful, man. And I'll tell you that ride 
the once we got that buffalo on your truck, and I we left the ranch, and we were headed for Yellowstone processing, and then, uh, you know, being a guide goes further than than that is knowing you knew where to take my game to have it professionally processed. You knew after that where to take my game to have it my ta- my taxidermy done. And we took him to a place called Wildlife Artistry in Livingston. Can you hear me, Mark? Yeah, I can hear you. Did I did I lose you or you lose me? Okay. I think uh you lost me. I think it was me. So right. where well, did I, uh, I'll, I'll- I'll apologize to all the listeners. We don't have many cell phone towers out here. <laughs> so yeah, what we'll, I really uh, enjoyed about but, hunting with you is that you're coachable, you know. Uh, and teamwork makes the dream work. So most definitely, hundred percent. And I, I agree. You know, and, and all professional guides will tell you that. And I know you've ran into instances where you know they want to guide the guides, what I call it. And yep. you know, if you're in the unfamiliar territory. And you're with someone, uh, you know, the uh, best thing to do, uh, God give you two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? <laughs> Did we lose him again? Want to try uh, this again so, here, yeah. Mark? <laughs> Sorry, please. brother. I'm standing on top of my dog box. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, sorry, folks. We are. Uh, so, John and I, John's down in right outside of Chattanooga, and I'm in uh, Bristol, Virginia. And honestly, I don't have very good service here at my house. And so, we're kind of going in and out, but, uh, but we're back connected now. So, but what we were talking about, uh, you know, John, we we're talking about listening to the guides and are you to my guide and uh um you know we were talking about taking the animal uh the buffalo especially that we were we you and i were successful with you know uh, the guy has to know far beyond the hunt after that experience is to where to you know to take your animal for professional processing which you did and then from the processor, we know when it was Yellowstone processing that we went to with the Buffalo, uh, and they did a great job with my meat and, you know, had it back to me, uh, you know, timely, quick manner. And, uh, after that, we, we took him to, uh, the taxidermist that you recommended up in Livingston, Montana. It was wildlife artistry and man, what a great job that gentleman did with my Buffalo. Um, yeah. you know, he and John, he, you know, when we were up there that day, I would have never thought about this. So, uh, you know, he's he wanted to, he told me, he said, Look, here's what we'll do I'll do you a European mount with the original horns, and I'll do you a uh, shoulder mount with replica horns, and then I'll do you a, a, a I, I wear it as a coat now, but <laughs> I, I have a coat uh, with his uh, with his hide. And man, he 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 did such a great job. I mean, it was awesome. You know, the other thing too, and this is not credit to me. This is credit to the folks at Upper Canyon. But finding a processor that'll take uh, an entire bison during elk season in Montana that that requires somebody calling in a favor. Yeah. Uh, and so being, thank God for 
Donna being able to help with that. I, I, I don't, I think without her, I don't, th- I'm not sure that they would have took the bison. Yeah. You know, and, um, Donna and Jake McDonald um, own Upper Canyon Outfitters and the ranch there in uh, southwest Montana. Man, there's great people. And, uh, you know, Donna's the one that introduced uh, um, you and uh, you and me. And, uh, you know, we have uh, uh, we've kept in touch, man, which I really appreciate. And, uh, you know, we've we've shared uh, since 2020 that you've, um, you know, came moved out of the West guiding and, and moved to the Chattanooga area, uh, in Tennessee, you know, we've always stayed in touch and, uh, you know, that is, uh, th- I think that just shows, uh, th- what hunting does, you know, building friendships and relationships that last a lifetime, you know, hell, I feel like I've known you forever, you know, <laughs> when we met in 2020. So. Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, absolutely. I mean, you, you know really quick with the client. Either we're going to be friends for a long time, or boy, I would be happy to see the end of this hunt. <laughs> uh, and it, it's nice when it works out the good way like it has with us. Yes, and I, you know, like I say, I truly appreciate everything you did on that, uh, making that hunt successful, because I'll never forget it. It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me as a big game hunter, and I will tell you, um, I, I, the experience could not have, have been any better uh, from the time my honey and hit that uh, that pickup truck in your passenger seat when we had him loaded up. And you, you, you I never will forget, we pulled out of the ranch and we stopped on that dirt road, which is, I'll tell you folks, is a one lane dirt road that goes for about 40 miles to Alder, Montana. <laughs> you got out of the truck and you said, oh, I forgot something. And you went back there in the cooler, man. You got me an ice cold beer. And I tell you, that's the best beer I believe I've ever had in my life. <laughs> so, yeah, you and me both. We we earned those beers. <laughs> yes, it was. So, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I do appreciate everything that you did. And, uh, man, I can't wait to hunt together again. So I, I definitely want to have you up here and I definitely want to come down your way. Uh, so, uh, tell well, uh, we need to, we need to make it happen. Most definitely. And we, we will do that. I promise. And, uh, so tell everybody what you're doing now. Um, I know, you know, you, you covered the West man. When, when I met you, um, I can't remember how many pups you had then, um, but I know you had the pickup truck and your camper, and you were covering the American West as a professional guide hunting with reputable outfitters and uh, some damn good outfitters. And, and you know, you were, uh, had a very, bunch of very successful hunts out there. And when I say successful hunts, some of them may not have been kills, but they were all, you know, I, I know whoever was hunting with you had a successful hunt because they were, they were guided professionally. And uh, yeah. so tell everybody yeah, what you're and, doing now. Yeah, sure. So, you know, hunt guiding is, it, it's awesome, right? There's the, you know, I, I was hunting 320 days a year and what more could a man ask for? Um, but there's some like hard parts about it too. You know, you're taking, I mean, you figure you're taking 40 to 50 big game hunters a year. You know, most, a lot of people don't kill 50 big game animals in their lifetime and you're trying to average, you know, one a week. Um, and so 
you know, it's a grind. Like you are, by God, you're hunting five, six, seven days a week all year. Um, and the thing that I kind of, I guess the thing that kind of wore on me, a few things happened, you know, one, right when you get to knowing some people and get a good community built, you got to pick up and move because you got to go to the next season, the next outfit or the next place. Um, and so you're just constantly on, on the road. Um, and then it's also hell on your personal life. Uh, and so I started dating a girl. She's a major babe. She's from Alabama. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I thought, man, this, this might be a real one. And you can't have no girlfriend when you're bouncing from state to state hunting 320 days a year. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, you know, I'm kind of tired of living in this camper. I'm kind of tired of living with these outfitters. Like, it's little things nobody even thinks about. But, like, being able to, like, kick back and watch a little TV or take a shower whenever you want or stuff like that. Um you know, so I was like, hell, I got it out there three years, and I was like, hell with this. I'm going to go back and find me somewhere to live with this woman. <laughs> uh, and so that's what I did. And I, so before I went out there, I managed this big farm, uh, and they had been asking, you know, wanting me to come back, and I've been telling them no. So finally I called them and was like, hey, I'll come back if you still want me. And they were like, yep, we still want you. Uh, so I kind of moved back into that farm manager role and also manage another farm in Tennessee. The one's in Georgia, the other one's in Tennessee. Um, and so I just kind of do that farm stuff and hang out with my woman and hunt with my pards and bros. And I'm standing here with Steve Shaw. He's a American bear hunting legend. Uh, and me and him have been after it. Ever since, well, without Steve, I wouldn't be a bear hunter for one. Steve taught me everything I know about bear hunting, and we're always after these bears, and we're going to be after them tomorrow. So hopefully, we put a big one up the tree. That's I. That's awesome, man. And you know, everybody has that mentor. And, you know, yep. I did, uh, you know, in, in my, you know, my stepfather was my mentor. Um, you know, he taught me to hunt, taught me to fish, you know, for a very young child, uh, and, uh, you know, that is, that's awesome because those are relationships, man, that, that are never broken. And, uh, that is, uh, that's awesome. And I, I wish you guys the best of luck this week, man, getting, you know, getting after some bear. I, I know there's some challenges with that. You know, you and I had talked, uh, on the uh, phone earlier today and we were talking just in general about, uh, you know, uh, some different places, hunting public lands and things like that. And, I know there's a, a big population of uh, uh, of uh, wild pigs in your area and boar, and I know that interferes with the bear hunting, especially with the dogs. Uh, so, talk, talk a little bit about that, if you would, for our listeners, and uh, and tell them what you guys are are seeing down there, and and uh, and what you're you're doing with your pups, and and how all that's interfering with your bear hunting. Because I know you're a damn good bear hunter and and hunter in general, but. Um, um, you know, I, I know there are some challenges with that. Yeah. So I'm fortunate on these farms, like where I live and that I manage, we've got some easy deer hunting and I've got a 12 year old niece that I get to take hunting and she can kill a dandy buck, 120 inch buck and it just chip shot easy. Right. But when it comes to this bear hunting, we hunt only public land. We hunt in North Carolina and Tennessee primarily. 
uh, and we've got a hell of a hog population. Um, and these hogs are a gift and a curse. You know, if, if, if you ask Steve, Steve will tell you bear or board don't matter to me. He'll turn on it. Uh, and we like running these hogs, but they definitely make it hard to run a bear. If dogs have to trail a bear a long way, they're probably going to hit a hotter hog track and take it. Um, there's hogs everywhere. So if you're trying to find a bear, if you're trying to not end up on a hog, you know, you've got to hold your dogs back. You can't take the same kind of risk. Like, oh, we'll just try this track and see what happens. Maybe they can trail it. Um, so it's challenging, but we're also fortunate to have these hogs and running the hog isn't a bad thing, but like this time of year, it's training season. So you can't have a gun. You can't kill hogs. You can't kill bears. And you really don't want to be after a, uh, a hog during training season because about the only way to end a hog race is with a gun. Um, and so it's a challenge from that standpoint. And there's, I don't know what it is about these hogs, but they just smell so good to a dog. You can't, you can't break a dog off of them. I've had dogs that are raised out west on lions and bears, never smelled a hog in their life. Come back here, first hog they smell, they run a proficient. So, you know, it's a it's a gift and a curse, but it definitely makes it hard to find a good, clean bear track. And like when Steve and I go to other places that don't have hogs, it's a breath of fresh air. You can go catch you know, a bear, two bears a day versus here. I couldn't tell you how many times you turn on a bear track and you come out on a hog. Yeah. So it's just part of life. Yeah. Uh, and it's, we hunt some really inaccessible country. Um, it's roaded extremely poorly. And a lot of that's thanks to the forest service. Um, they, you know, they keep the very minimum amount of roads open most roads are gated you have very poor access so if you're after a hog you can't get anywhere in a truck to cut them off or to try to catch off of them and you know if you've got a bear in a tree if it takes you an hour or two to hike to that tree it's no big deal the bear's up there in the tree but if you've got a hog caught on the ground it takes you an hour or two to get there you know hopefully the dog's got the hogs killed but the hog might have a few dogs killed too so that's a that's another risk those hogs are rough on the dogs and it's really rough in an area like you know in like south alabama and texas there's a lot of great hog hunters down there but one thing those guys have is they can zip around on rangers and four-wheelers and they can get to the dogs quick but here you know a quick walk to our dogs here is an hour or two yeah uh and so that's a that's another issue we face. And uh, you know, if the Forest Service would open some roads for hunting season, it'd be a lot better. But I I, I don't see that happening. So yeah, and it, it is frustrating. I know we we have it here. Uh, you know, because I you know I hunt a lot of public land, and uh, you know I, um, I, I know this by by the roads being closed off, and you're, you're trying to get in there on foot. I mean, it's a whole different. Uh, a uh, whole different deal when you've got your, your dogs, uh, yep. and, um, you know, you're trying to, uh, to gain access that, you know, not only to the dogs, but those areas where they're, uh, you know, they're, they're treeing a bear or, you know, uh, the hogs put a whole new spin on that. And, uh, um, you know, that, that, that has to be hugely frustrating for you. I, I just couldn't imagine. It, um, it, it is, ner- it makes things interesting. Like I said, I mean, the other side of this coin is 
if you have a day and you can't find a bear, you can about guarantee you'll have a race. You can find a hog to turn on. Yeah. Um, so that's nice, you know, especially later in the year. Bears get scarce. Most of the sows are up. Uh, you know, bear a bear track gets scarce. You can go run a hog every day, and it's fun. And you got a good group of folks, and, you know, you can have a good hog race. But especially, like, here in the summertime, it's uh, it's just you're asking for trouble turning on these hogs during training season. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, plus the, uh, you know, the, another factor in that I'm sure is, you know, a, a hog's pretty mean animal. Um, oh, yeah. and you know, you, you can get your pups, you know, hurt bad or killed, uh, real quick on, on yep. with, with hog. And, uh, yep. um, I'd take, I'd take my chances on the meanest bear over a hog. Day. I'd much rather my dog be fighting a bear than fighting a hog. Yeah. And that's, uh, uh, you know, I know how much you, uh, I know how what the investment you got in your dogs, number one, but I also know how much you love them and, and how close you are to them. And <laughs> as I am with mine. So, you know, it's a, uh, that is a, a partnership and a, and a love within itself. So, um, it is, man. That's why we keep, uh, we keep new ones coming all the time. Steve and I are going to make two crosses this year. Uh, we're going to have two litters of pups. Um, we like to do have them born in the spring, uh, so I think both of these bitches are going to come back in heat in January, and we're going to breed them. So we should have some puppies on the ground come uh, come March or April. Man, that's awesome! That is awesome. So yep. But John, I really appreciate you being on, man. Uh, thank you so much. It's so good to talk to you again. And, uh, I wish you guys the the best of luck this week, uh, training the new pups and, and running your, running your other, uh, uh, full grown dogs and, uh, uh, you know, your, your, your professional dogs. So, uh, but, uh, I hope you'll come back on uh, sometime here during um, uh, mid hunting season with us and uh, tell us a little bit about how you're doing and, uh, and, you know, uh, talk some more about uh, how the season's going and uh, maybe uh, never know, maybe we can get back out West again, man. I'd love to do that. And I'd also love to have you here uh, to hunt with me on my property for a few days. For sure, man. And hopefully you can ride down sometime this fall and run some bears and hogs with us. We'll see if we can get them going. I'd love to, man. I've got uh, got two little ones in uh, school down there in Chattanooga, so we can definitely make that happen. And uh, but well, just uh, come on anytime. And thanks for having me on, Mark. I've really enjoyed it, man. And if we uh, if we put a beer or two up tomorrow, I'll send you some pictures and some videos, and you can put them out on your uh, page there. I'd love I'd love that, man. And if you don't mind, I'm going to put our buffalo picture out with us on my page here in the next couple of days too. Uh, I want everybody to see that because that was one of uh, definitely one of my most memorable hunts in my in my life. Well, I'm just glad I wore my best dress shirt for that picture. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it was we was two wore out pups when that picture was taken. But I tell you what, I'm, I'm still so proud. So, uh, but uh, thank you for being on, John, and good luck to y'all this week. You boys be safe, and uh, when um, you get another chance here in the next few weeks, uh, holler at me and uh, let me know how you're doing, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll have you back on, and and hopefully uh, have a big 
bear on there too we'll do it man well good catching up mark have a good evening thanks again okay brother you too man i'll talk to you soon all right see ya folks you've been listening to the bowman chronicles podcast thank you for being with us this evening and thanks special thanks to mr john brody for being on with us and uh, wish those boys much success down uh, down chattanooga in north carolina uh this season and uh, hope they are uh, very successful with their bear hunt we'll have john back on here uh, for a follow-up hopefully with uh, some more good bear success stories thank you for being with us and i will talk to you next time folks you can find me on my instagram page at the bowman chronicles and i'm looking forward to seeing you next time